On the show today, Rich and I discuss the joy of physical music media, building the perfect playlist, and some great cocktails to enjoy while you're listening. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the May 23rd, 2022 edition of Coffee and Koshan. So, Rich, the other day I was uh, needing to turn off my brain. And so I was watching uh, one of my favorite old movies. I was watching, I, I say old, uh, one of my favorite movies from uh, about 20 years ago. I was watching High Fidelity, um, which is a great film. Um, and what it's centered around is a guy who owns a record store. And it reminded me about the joys of physical music media. What By, by that I mean like... and. and Kids, if you're listening and you don't know what that is, stay tuned here. We're going we're gonna to fill you in. That means before the days of Spotify and Apple Music and all these other things you listen to music in the cloud with, you had to go freaking purchase your music. You had to save up money and go buy either a record or a tape or a CD that had whatever you wanted to listen to on it. And that, my friends, is how you consumed music. And uh, it made music quite different, actually. These days, you can walk around with an infinite library of songs in your pocket um, or in your car or wherever, and uh, there is no music you can't access. But what I think that does is that it means that we don't appreciate the music we have as much. We're quick to, quick to click through to something else, and you don't listen to something long form. Also, the ease with which you can create a playlist today, you just click some buttons. Hey, I like this song. Hey, I like this song. Hey, the computer will even do it for you now. Hey, do you like listening to The Killers? Here's 200 songs that you might enjoy, and the AI will do it for you. You don't have to construct a mixtape anymore like you and I did when we were kids, and I think that cheapens the experience. So what we're going to do today... First of all, we're both going to talk about how much we we like old school physical uh, music media. But the other thing we did uh, is that we each constructed a playlist uh, for this week. And we're going to load that playlist to Spotify because that's how people listen to music these days. But you all can listen to our playlist that both Rich and I created. And we each have a cocktail that we're going to share with you to drink while you're listening to our playlist um, so the cocktail goes well with the playlist, the playlist goes well with, with each of us, and you should enjoy it more after listening to this show. So, Rich, um, as we kick this all off, talk to me about creating the perfect mixtape, because it is an art form. In fact, it's an entire section of uh, the High Fidelity plot, if anybody, and and since we're talking about that movie, everybody should go watch that movie, because it's a great sort of picture into a bygone era of the music industry. But, but Rich, tell me when you were, um, you know, when you were a kid, when you were in the eighties and nineties and you were sitting down and you were making a mixtape, how did you construct it? So it usually there would be a, a starting point where there's, you know, you've decided to put together a mixtape and often this might be something that you were giving to a friend or maybe a girl. So there's a starting point. So you, you've got whatever song it is that you want to get out and, and share, but you've got to continue from there. And what, 
people miss with Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music, whatever, is that you were constrained by the amount of space you had on cassettes, which was my primary. I really made actual mixtapes. So you've got your first song and then you've got other songs that you're thinking about. So you've got to think about timing, you know, uh, for, for the, the playlist I put together for this, I assumed I had a, a 90 minute cassette, you know, from the days when it, they got longer and you could have a whole 90 minutes. And the, uh, the approach that I take is it's almost like making a soundtrack where you're going to have some flow and each song will flow into the next because you don't have, it's not exactly like a soundtrack because you don't have the dialogue. You don't have the on-screen action to kind of buffer and inform what's happening with your playlist. But you, you want to have a lot of variety is the big thing for me is covering a lot of ground, uh, when you listen to just the radio, you know, if we're in the nineties and you're listening to the alternative station, you were going to get variety, but it was going to be variety within a genre. And I like to kind of branch out and put together different genres that maybe were inspired by one another. You know, you look at rock and roll, you've got a, you've got the blues background. So those match well, but you can actually cover a lot of territory and, uh, and, and just really put together, I don't want to say a story because if people listen to mine, I don't want them to think, oh, what is the story here? It's just, hey, uh, Rich listens to a lot of really random music and he put together a long playlist along those lines to, you know, highlight the fact that I listen to a lot of really random music. But <laughs> but that's the way I think about it. And, and another thing that as an adult, and, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on it, is the way, you know, these mixtapes over time come to encapsulate, you know, uh, periods of your life. I still have cassettes around and I've got an actual little boom box with a tape player on it. And I, I need that. I've lost the power cord. So I need to find a power cord. But it's interesting to go back and think about, you know, how these capture in the soundtrack form, it's like, here's what was going on in my life when I was 14. Here's when I was 19. You know, here's one I made for the woman who would become my wife. And it's they capture the, these moments and in a way that digital media does not. And, and so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how you construct a playlist and, and if what I just said holds true for you or if this is just something that, you know, I'm weird. No, absolutely. And uh, I'm, to, to encapsulate this, I'm going to tell a story. Um, when I was a kid, uh, my best friend, John Ross, and I uh, would drive around. He got his driver's license a little bit before I did. And his car was definitely cooler than mine because mine was a minivan. And uh, his was not. <laughs> and so he wins. And so when the two of us were driving somewhere, he would often drive. Um, and uh, sometimes when we were bored, because we lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there's not always a lot to do, um, we would go uh, to big abandoned parking lots or, or like uh, parking lots at big churches or something like in the middle of the night. And we do donuts in his car and we drive around and, and, and do crazy shit. And we had a soundtrack we made just for that. And we called it the John Ross Action Adventure, The Stunt Ride, The Soundtrack. 
And <laughs> um, that's fantastic. Isn't that great? <laughs> and it was a tape that we had made of great, uh, exciting soundtrack pieces from uh, Indiana Jones, from Star Wars, from all those great kind of movies. And we put it in on one tape. And we would put that in and drive around like crazy people. And um, it was a lot of fun. And we did it like, you know, in big parking lots so we wouldn't get in trouble most of the time. Uh, we did rip. We did end up ripping a tire off his car one time because we were doing donuts so tightly. But um, it was a lot of fun. Like, that. that's that's one of the things we made a tape for. You would also, of course, always make tapes for girls who you were interested in or whatever. And you wanted to, you know, share some song with them or whatever. Um uh, and I, st- I still do, I still do sound soundtracks to my life essentially today. Um, and I, uh, very carefully craft my playlists, um, that I carry around on my phone and, uh, certain ones are on my phone all the time. Certain ones get moved on and off my phone. Um, but, uh, each playlist means something to me. Um, and, uh, I'm sure if a shrink ever uh, overanalyzed what songs I put on what playlist, I'd be committed or something. But um, uh, they mean a lot, and and I think if you if you grew up in an era like you and I did, where uh, music was tangible, you had to save up money to buy your music, and you sort of you, you protected it more because you're like, hey, I spent you know twenty bucks on that, I, I don't want it lost or, or stolen or whatever. Um, then then when you create that music together on that that uh mixtape that was important and and that meant something and so i actually still treat all my music that way when i create a playlist uh you know i I, i'm protective of it it's mine um and uh i love that about music i i love that 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 you can sort of get into music like that and and make it your own um so one of the things one of the things i like to do when i listen to music i like to drink uh not not surprisingly um, and eat. And, um, I have a music, I have a, a playlist I like to use, um, when I'm grilling out on the deck. It's one that I created with my kids a few years ago. And it's a lot of like, like sort of just fun, um, active music. Cause they like to be out there when I'm grilling. And so they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll play, they'll dance along on the deck and whatever. And, and we'll do that. Um, I, I have a playlist I like to play when I'm driving long distances because it keeps me awake and active and that's songs that I can sing along to and so it's songs that that uh keep me engaged and make the you know hours upon hours on I-35 more uh doable um so uh but but let's let's talk about these cocktails you and I each made a cocktail uh for this show that we are going to share with the listeners um, mine is called the paper plane this is a cocktail I'm going to give full credit here this is a cocktail I got from my brother um, it's one that he uh, turned me on to. And what's great about the paper plane is that it is like just you, you can be half drunk and still make this cocktail. It's so easy. It's just equal parts bourbon, Aperol, Amaro Nonino and lemon juice. A lot of those are going to sound very, um, very approachable to you. Amaro Nonino may not. Um, it's an Italian digestif. Um, it's it's not always super easy to find, but if you know where to look for it um, and you can find a liquor store that has it, you can start, you can make sure that they always stock it. And the thing about this drink is that because it's equal parts, you can make, uh, you can make a large batch of these to serve to your friends. Uh, when someone comes over, you can make a little one just for you. Um, 
And what's fun about this cocktail is that it's a real good mix of flavors. You get that bourbon flavor. And of course, depending upon what kind of bourbon you want to use, um, this drink can have a bunch of little different flavor, you know, uh, changes to it. Something else that's also really interesting to do with this drink, if you want to add a little um, sweet, smoky flavor to it, you can add a little bit of uh, maple syrup uh, when you shake it up in the in the mixer, and and that adds just another level of flavor. Um, I always like to serve this with a lemon peel um, in the drink, uh, in, in the glass itself. Um, if you make this in a bar, it's served in a coupe glass. I don't always tend to do that because... <laughs> Because I don't, I don't, uh, if I'm making a cocktail, I don't always drink fancy cocktails um, or, or drink it or even drink a fancy cocktail fancily. Uh, I like to have it just in, in a glass I can walk around with. It's not going to knock over and not going to break and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, but th- this is a drink I love to have around. It's easy. It's flavorful. It's fun. This is a, not an old beverage, the paper plane. Uh, it was invented in Chicago, moved to New York, and that's where it really sort of took off. Um, but it's not much older than you and I, Rich. And it's uh, it's, but it's a really fun one to have. And I like the sort of uh, depth of flavor you get in the glass on a drink like this. You know, I, I have had Amaro. Uh, my sister got me a cocktail subscription a number of years ago, where I think it was every month I would get a box with enough ingredients to make, I think, four cocktails. And there were two cocktails per month, so two of each. And there was a play on the old-fashioned that used Amaro instead of bitters, which was uh, very, very tasty. So, uh, But, you know, when you were talking about this and we were discussing this, Aperol is one of those things I know I've had when I've been out, but I have never added it to my home bar. And I, I'm now realizing that the time has come for me to put Aperol into my home bar. Well, and, for- and the, the reason that's great to have, not just for a drink like this, but if it's a hot summer day, an Aperol spritz, is a great Italian drink that they drink over in Italy um, that you can make easily here at home. And it's it's just a great sort of sit-by-the-pool kind of drink. And uh, Aperol is easy to get. Yeah, yeah. And so for my cocktail, I also went in kind of a different direction. Uh, I was thinking in terms of, you know, with a, with a mixtape, you're going to pull in all these different things. So I went kind of mad scientist. And... <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I didn't really know what I was going to do when I started. It was just kind of I, I committed myself to something and then figured out how to make it work. So earlier uh, midweek last week, I took about a half pint of bourbon and put it in a jar with a deseeded uh, sliced up jalapeno and a bunch of mint leaves and let that sit around in the fridge for a couple days. And then strained it through some cheesecloth to get the bits up and, you know, the things that had fallen off out. And so I ended up with this jalapeno mint bourbon. But then, you know, what the hell am I going to do with that? And it was kind of inspired. There is a cocktail I'd had at a, a local restaurant that was a... And I don't remember it exactly. I looked it up online and, and they didn't have it listed online. But it was a, a bourbon drink with some lemon and it and some... Uh, some sort of hot 
it wasn't hot sauce because hot sauce doesn't mix well. Uh, it just doesn't really work well unless you're talking to Bloody Mary or something. But it had some added heat. And uh, there was some citrus to it. So I ended up making two different cocktails. Now, I'm not going to run through all the ingredients uh, right now. We'll put them up on our Substack and link that so you can check. But I ended up making – and they're almost the same two cocktails. But I made a John Collins, which is a whiskey Collins, uh, and as opposed to using gin or vodka. And so you've got some simple syrup, some lemon juice. And then you top it with club soda. And then I also made a whiskey sour with this infused bourbon. And uh, I I did go the full route of adding a little bit of egg white to my sour for the, the froth and everything. Amen. And, and I also uh, got a little creative with the simple syrup I made. And I took the juice from a couple of blood oranges. It was not a huge amount. Uh, and I added to that juice enough water to get to one cup. And then I cut back on the sugar uh, because of the sweetness of the orange juice. And I only used three quarters cups. You know, normally simple syrup, you go one to one. So the simple syrup I used for both these drinks had blood orange in it to just further add to, again, the, the mad science approach I took to this cocktail. But they're surprisingly good. This is something that I would make again. The only big change I would probably make is that I used Maker's Mark for the bourbon. And I think next time I would step up to a higher proof, like like an, an old granddad bottled in bond or something. You're, you don't want to you're, – you're putting jalapeno and mint in there. You don't want to use the, the finest bourbon you have, but you want something substantial. An old granddad, the bottled in bond is like $20 a bottle, 100 proof. So it's got a – it's a little bit more substantial. So that would be the only change I would make. But – it was a lot of fun just taking these ingredients and the, the inspiration for it and, and having these having to go get these physical things and these ingredients, which was in the spirit of what we were talking, what we're talking about right now. And that's the other part of the inspiration with high fidelity and everything is when we made these mixtapes in the past, you had to have it. It wasn't just a subscription where you clicked on it. And then there was also with your car story, there's the portability factor because you might not, you know, we joke about how distracted we are driving now. And there's a meme out there that, or a video that I've seen that shows somebody trying to change CDs in the 90s. <laughs> and, <laughs> You yeah, know, that was not got, always easy. <laughs> you've got your, your book with all your CDs in it and you're trying to flip through and, you know, maybe you have, maybe if you were fancy, you had an in-dash player, but more likely you had your disc man with the cassette adapter. Yep. And so, and so that was just the beauty. And I think it's something that people miss out on now is there was something about being limited in your choices that made you work harder to, to really round out your experience when listening to this music because you couldn't just, you know, hell in my car. Now I have a, a Android auto, so I can just talk to my car, you know, like if the kids are in the car, you know, Hey Google play Taylor Swift on Spotify. Like what the, like, it's like we're driving around in kit now, but we didn't have that when we were kids. No, that's a really good point, though. That's a really good point. I actually think um, if you think if you think about it, restrictions on your creativity often make you more creative. If you think back to uh, the early um, I'm going to uh, uh, really uh, date myself here. But if you think back to like the early Star Wars movies, the original Star Wars movies, 
when they were doing special effects for those, they were they were bound by the technology they had at the time, some of which they created uh, to do those movies. But it was all physical, right? They were doing, uh, they were making models, they were doing matte paintings um, to make all of those work. Now you just sit in front of a computer and you can make anything. And you can make anything you want. It's 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 a computer. You can use Photoshop and and all these different programs to make any world you want. Um, but back in the day, you had to physically create a model. You had to physically create a painting that you shot on camera that you turned into a movie. Um, it's the same with music. If you are creating a a mixtape, you had to have all the elements of that mixtape on tape or CD or, or that you recorded from the radio. Remember when we used to do that? Um, oh then, man, hoping that the DJ didn't like cut in right, right at the beforehand end of the song and talk over the song. And you'd be like, Oh damn it. I was recording that. Now he's talking. Now I can't use it. Like he did that all the time. And you would put all that together to make the story you were trying to tell with your mixtape. And in the end, that's what all these are, right? Anytime you make a mixtape or, or a CD for somebody, um, or you're you're making a playlist on on Apple or Spotify or whatever for yourself now. You're trying to tell a story with music, much like they do in in a movie. But you're doing it for yourself. That tells a tale of where you are in your life at the time. Um, and maybe your playlist has has a name that relates to that. Whether you're you know you're getting married or you're getting divorced or you had a kid and these were the, this was the music you were listening to right before you had your kid or you know whatever it may be. That's what you're doing with these playlists. And the thing that was great about the mixtape era is that you had to physically invest in those elements to create that story. And so it it really meant a lot more when you produced it because you had to go through all the trouble to make it, um, which is why I think which is why I think it was better. Um, uh, I want to talk briefly. I want each of us to talk briefly about the uh, playlist we made. And as I said at the top here, you will be able we'll we'll link it here in the show notes. You'll be able to listen to each of our playlists. I went with a thirty minute time limit because when I when I was a kid, I remember doing these tapes. Each side was 30 minutes, so mine comes in at 29 minutes and change. I went for a very uh, 80s-influenced um, playlist. They all all modern artists, but all of the music has very much an 80s flair to it. Um, I have a song from, uh, from The Killers, from Houndmouth, uh, from The War on Drugs, which is a great band. If you haven't seen them, they're, they're lots of fun. Um, from Churches, uh, Mount Joy, The Naked and Famous, which might be the best band name of all time. And um, one of my daughter's favorite songs called Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon, um, which she can sing from beginning to end uh, in the car. And uh, so this was just something fun I wanted to do. Just it's sort of a, you know, just a a fun uh, flashback kind of uh, feel on this playlist. Um, Rich, what's on yours? So there's a lot. I'm not going to list everything. It starts with a jazz number called 2BS. Uh, which is very much kind of a play on, you know, the, the, the BS is what you think it yes. stands for. And uh, it's a, a jazz number by Charles Mingus, who was a bass player and composer. And from there, uh, we just go ahead and jump ahead a couple of days to uh, several members of the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Jizza, uh, the RZA, and uh Old Dirty Bastard with uh, Crasher Crew, and now I will have to try to uh, look. So there's some Sonic Youth. I've got Jimi Hendrix. Nice. I've got Death. 
uh, Desert Sessions, which is a very interesting thing for people to check out. It is uh, Josh Homme, the front man for Queens of the Stone Age, periodically gathers these people out in the yes. desert. And he'll bring in just different big name musicians. And the song I included just includes his neighbor, who is a woman who's friends with his wife and she sings. And so and so they have this limited amount of time, which kind of goes into what we're talking about with the, the uh, constraints on creativity and they record an album in like three or four days. They write and record the entire album in three or four days, and it's hit or miss. But it's just such a cool thing in the modern age for these people just out in the desert, like, what the hell? Let's make an album in four days. Uh, we all know one another, but we haven't been rehearsing. We haven't been discussing this. Uh, we're just going to do it. Uh, there is some uh, drum and bass on mine, which is a style of music that most people hate, uh, particularly in America. That's my, my go-to driving music. It, it's very fast paced. It probably does not help me, uh, keep my foot off the gas. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, officer. I was listening to, to drum and bass music, but, uh, and then also, you know, something that about me, especially with the, uh, physical media, I, I'm, a deadhead. And so just in the past couple of weeks, uh, I've gotten, uh, an, uh, a live album from 1977. It's five records that I had pre-ordered back at some point in, uh, 2021. And then also my wife every year gives me a subscription to, uh, it's called Dave's picks, which he is their archivist for the grateful dead. And there are just all these hours and hours and hours of recordings and they clean them up, remaster them, and release them, uh, concerts. And so I do have two Grateful Dead songs on my uh, playlist to honor the fact that, oh, and I forgot the part, I got one of those CDs then. So it's like on a Friday, I get the record, or the CD, and then on Sunday, the record records came in. So uh, I threw that in. So it's a... Uh, it's an expansive one and it was also kind of a way to get me to listen to other stuff in the car because it's a playlist that I'll listen to and that my family likes like the Jimi Hendrix song is one that I had heard but uh I had been listening to my oldest daughter Greer her playlist and it's like wait a minute and now her playlist are crazy you would not think this about 14 year old girls but it's like you know Rush Tom Sawyer pops up and then there's a Smith song and then Wait, do, do you hear my train of coming from Jimi Hendrix? It's like, this is your playlist? Well, yeah, Dad. So so I included that. That's the Hendrix song. So uh, you you can look at it on Spotify and, and hear the whole thing. Like I said, I've talked too much. I won't go through the entire list. But uh, I, I have interesting tastes. Rich, which you have not... done well. You have raised your children well. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. At least musically. Right, at least musically. <laughs> You have succeeded there. <laughs> All right. So again, you can listen to both our playlists. It's linked down below in the show notes. Check it out on Spotify. Um, and I urge Rich and I both urge you to go to a record store. They still exist. I promise somewhere in your community. Grab physical music media. It will change your your whole world, your whole approach to music. I promise. Rich, thanks again. Appreciate it. Awesome as always, Brad. Thank you.